Slow Spin Society podcast. I am Paul, your usual co-host, and as always, is Rob with me. What's up, Rob? Hello, everybody. What's poppin'? As usual, here from Berlin. <laughs> so, guys, today we're gonna have like one hell of an episode. Not gonna lie to you, there isn't much into the show notes because I think it's gonna be a pretty organic conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the topic of today, you read it in the title, is how many bikes do you realistically need? This is the topic our Patreons voted for, and I'm not gonna lie. The biggest question that we all ask, you know? Yeah, man. So, yeah. There isn't, there isn't a simple answer. But just before that, if you want to hear more about Rob's holidays my holidays and some life inspiring <laughs> motivation quotes everything then you should listen to the free show you can access the extended conversation at patreon.com slash podcast or by subscribing directly on apple podcast well 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 let's talk about it <laughs> <laughs> i think that there is an easy answer to uh the question do you think there is an easy answer or you don't yeah, think there is an easy no, answer? No, I think there's an easy answer. Oh, really? In, in, in my in my knowledge, in my understanding, there's definitely one answer that fits and works, I think. All right. All right. Just before that, I want to tell you guys about basically everyone's answer, right? When you ask a roadie, a fixed gear dude or a mountain bike dude, whatever kind of bike guy he's gonna tell you the answer is n plus one n being your actual number of bike plus one right so it's like never ending and mm. everybody knows the n plus one thing but did you know there's also s minus one so Which do you know what? what s is um no so S is the number that would result in the separation of one of your bike. Oh. Meaning S minus one becomes redundant and N plus one could be never ending. Oh. So there isn't a simple answer. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, can, so how many bikes do you need or how many bikes should you have if money wasn't an option if space wasn't an option it, the answer for me would be a bike for every single occasion mm. well what are those occasions though that's the question that's let's get into that <laughs> well first off i wanted to i wanted to clarify something okay mm -hmm. in a few uh like i don't know whether it was like 10 of 10 episodes ago or i don't i don't even remember but there is a difference for me there is a clear difference between a commuter and a daily but what is your definition of those two 
Kimura versus daily. Kimura must uh, must mean you have to commute to a, to a place or a same place on a daily basis, right? Yeah. Daily means you ride it daily, but doesn't always mean that you go to the same place. Yeah. Yeah. So that if, is also my definition. Yeah. So so a commuter, if I worked, um, say I worked 15, 20 kilometers across the city and I had to go just uh, up a mountain and back down a bit, my commuter would be definitely different to my daily bike. Hmm. Depending on my commute, but I don't commute. So I would still say my daily bike is more of my commuter, but it's, but I don't really commute. I more do a daily thing. So yeah, I, I have a daily <laughs> bike. And Does that make sense though? Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. So I wouldn't have a commuter because I don't go to the same place every day, but I definitely, my, I have a daily bike that I use more daily than anything else. I have pretty much the same definition. I don't have, uh, well, I don't have a job, so I don't, <laughs> so I don't commute to the same place every day. <laughs> oh my god, that's sad and, and really funny at the same time. Yeah, that's what um, I was thinking when I said it. I was like, yeah, I don't go to the same place every day, so uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, I I don't commute. Uh, I have a daily bike that I use for daily. Yeah, the daily things, uh, but I usually never go to the same places. Um, <laughs> if I had a commuter, though, if we start to enter into mm. what bike do I have for what purpose? If I had a commuter, I would something I would like something rugged. OK, something pretty solid. But if I know every day I can park it into uh, for example, if my company has a bike parking area mm. and I know it is secure, then I know I can have something a little bit fancy, you know? Yeah. Um, for a daily bike, uh, because I never know where I am going and I'm always going to different places, I can also have something fancy, but it's a, and it needs to be a little bit toned down, you know? It doesn't, uh, I'd like if it doesn't, you know, uh, your bike is shining through the, the rack of other bikes it is, uh, in the middle of, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, commuter, something, something solid and fancy, uh, that I can park everywhere and a daily something a little bit discreet, but still something that is, that I enjoy to ride. So that's a good definition. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Because if I worked in a nice office somewhere and they had good bike storage and I knew it was 20 kilometers every day and I want to blast that, I would have a nice bike for that. Yeah, no, 100%. I, yeah, I jump on the bike and I know I'm going to get to work super fast. I know the route. Boom, boom, boom. Nice bike. And I definitely would have... A day, the, I guess it's the lifestyle and the lifestyle we have at the moment is we don't go to the same place every day. So our bike is a daily bike that oh, I might, might need to pop into there. I might need to lock it up. I need to pick something up. I might meet someone randomly for a coffee. So it's something that doesn't, it's something that you can, yeah, 
have his yeah. daily still nice but not as um not as flashy as a commuter i would say exactly exactly yeah. and that is so commuter and daily is something different again from a beater bike oh for which sure. is which is again something different <laughs> Oh, you can't, you could, you can't, you wouldn't use your beater bike as a commute or a daily. That would be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, I don't have a beater bike. We talked about it last time with, with Carl on the show. But yeah, my definition of a beater bike is something completely trash that you don't even care. And you, you go to the pub and, you lock it, but you know, you kind of know that if it gets stolen, well, it gets stolen, and that, yeah. that's pretty much it. I had beater bikes a lot in the past, and they were all like old rallies or old Peugeots converted just to a fixie um, with one inch. Nothing, not the, the frame was a bit fucked, maybe some dents, a bit of rust. Um, there was nothing fancy on it. Um, but it, they were, you know, still pretty fast, still pretty nice, nothing crazy, but yeah, beat a bike, you can just lock it up at the pub and you'd never, you know, in the pub having a drink or you go at the cinema or you go to the theater or you go out for dinner and you leave it there and you're like, oh, I don't have to stress about it. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been something, uh, I was considering though for while arriving in Paris, having like an absolute beater bike. Because even recently, uh, there is, and actually, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna call out the the community on this. Wadden in Paris got uh, his uh, like there was two road bikes. One was like an S Works, whatever I don't know, and the other one was a Santa Cruz Sigmata, the one in collab with Mash. Okay, yeah. There's no, there, there isn't many of those in Europe. And the guy put like an, an ad on Facebook, I believe, because he was selling a bike rack and he had those two bikes on there. Literally in the next three days, he got both stolen. He put and on he put where he put on eBay that he was selling a bike rack, like for yeah. a car or in a, like on a wall, on a wall, on a wall. So he took a picture of his apartment, exactly with his two very nice bikes on it. Yeah, posted that on eBay that he was selling the bike rack for what fifty euros. Yeah, <laughs> and and obviously had his address someone contacted him and was like can i come around and look at the bike rack and they're like yeah sure here's my address and then two days later he gets his bike stolen exactly shit the bed <laughs> dude that is so bad. having a beer in paris so yeah before that if it, anyone sees a, a stigmata yeah. mash in europe uh contact me <laughs> i'll contact yeah. the dude but yeah, having a, having a beater in places where it's easy to get your bike stolen and maybe you don't have enough space in your apartment or you just like to go out for a drink uh, with your bike, having a beater bike is definitely something uh, I considered at some point. But I have an issue now with the beater bike. I 
I find it very hard to build up a beta bike and ride a beta bike when I know I just love jumping on one of my other bikes. True. Absolutely true. I, I, and I, yeah, not gonna I think, lie, who doesn't like to flex a little bit when you go to the pub? <laughs> Turn up on a <sighs> shitty old Peugeot and I'm like, yeah, but I've got an engine at home. And then I was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Turn, turns up on random bike and you're like those people don't know that have zips at home yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> where's fab you would have came up with a meme for this yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah a bit of bike is definitely something we can add to the list yeah 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 and another type of bike that i thought about and at the beginning i thought like a fool, you know, <laughs> that you only need two bikes. You need one bike and you need one rain bike. Uh, because you probably don't want to ride your bike into the rain, right? Yeah. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I just need a normal bike and a rain bike. That was probably more than 10 years ago when I was really young. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't need that many bikes, you know. But a rain bike is something you might consider. <laughs> oh, I love a rain bike. Yeah. I hate riding I'm... any good bike in the rain. I mean, it's total. I hate getting my, I clean my bikes all of the time and I hate riding them in the rain. I get completely wet. The bike gets completely dirty. It's just like, oh, what was the point in that? Having a rain bike with full fenders, lights built in, dynamo, poof, that's a must. Yeah. And because it's your rain bike, you know, you, you you get it only on wet times. So you get it in the rain, you go back home, your chains start to rust like they do when you ride it in the rain, right? So it's all crunchy, right? But then the next time you ride it, you ride it in the rain again. So <laughs> the rain as, acts as natural lubricant and then that, it doesn't get crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> so Genius. it's a forever lubed bike that you don't need to maintain how cool is that how cool is that yeah <laughs> so rain bike i I'll, i mean it checks the list for me it checks so we the have commuter commuter daily rain bike beater for now the the do you have a rain bike right now i <laughs> don't i don't either do i but i would have because one. because you know since i don't have a job i don't have to move out of my place every day especially when it's raining so that's i don't true. see that's the true. point that's true but if uh, the situation came to it rain bike is definitely on the car uh, definitely on the list ticked for sure yeah and like for sure. when you when you build a rain bike uh so I'm taking myself as an example. You you wanted to be a track bike and you wanted to be brakeless because you're a cool kid, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and but you're like, oh yeah, rain bike. Okay, aluminum frame, sealed bearings, mm -hmm. sealed bottom bracket. Mm -hmm. Uh, probably like some reliable aluminum parts. Um, what else? What else do I need? You know, like some probably some fenders. Uh, big tires with low pressure, so I don't. So I actually stop with my skids, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's my definition of a rain bike. 
yeah. fenders, SPDs, aluminum frame, sealed SPDs. bearings. Yeah, SPDs. In the rain. Because, okay, hear me out. Uh, when I don't have SPDs, uh, I, I mean, even when I have SPDs, but when I don't have SPDs, I foot brake a lot. Uh, and yeah. uh, and when I'm talking about SPDs, I'm talking about mountain shoes SPDs when you can actually put your foot yeah, down, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, so I foot brake a lot. But foot brake, if you ever tried it in the rain, you know that it's absolutely ineffective. It doesn't work, yeah. not even the slightest bit. Yeah, rubber on rubber doesn't do shit, <laughs> wet. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. I want SPDs because I don't want my toe mm. clips or, uh, I mean, toe straps to be all wet and then the humidity get into my shoes. Uh, and I want SPDs because I know that I'm not, it's not going to be a struggle to get into my pedals, into my toe cages. That is such a wise thing to say. <laughs> I hadn't actually thought about that because my main issue with riding in the wet is my shoes and my straps get wet most. Right. But if I, I have thought, dry I trainers, that true. In, yeah. If I have my trainers in my bag and I've got my SPD shoes on, doesn't matter where I'm going, I'll always have dry feet, apart from yeah. while riding. Yeah. Wow, you just and blew my mind there. When you have fenders, you can't foot brake, so you might as well have SPDs. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the SPDs, wet bike, um, rain bike, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's that's my that's my take on that. That's the rain bike is that. definitely going up there on the list. It's even getting higher <laughs> as, we're, as we're chatting about it. It's definitely going up there. But also, there's another issue: the flexing side. Putting fenders on a bike is like, oh no, what am I doing? But yeah, you, probably, you can you we can should. put some cool fenders, you know. Um, that's true for for example i've uh i have a friend in japan that has um a mash uh lava uh, mm -hmm. same was same one as i do and he mine is like orange of course and i put like some blue anodized parts on it but his he put uh green anodized parts on it mm -hmm. and he put like fenders and pull cantilevers uh, and I, I even think it's a, it's in a freewheel right now. And it just looks cool with a fender, you know, not like fender that wraps around your wheel, like old, old school style fender, but more like, you know, the fender that, uh, goes under your saddle and uh -huh, is uh -huh. actually long enough to protect your back. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh yeah, that's that's the kind of fender I'm 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 going to definitely more like of a cross bike fender. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely put fenders on my Ranger this winter. Oh yeah, that that would definitely work. That would black fenders. I think that would look kind of dope. Actually, I think you're right. <laughs> okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. So my my daily, which is my Ranger at the moment, might turn into my rain bike this winter. Uh huh. Interesting. Can I ask right. you, uh, can, can I slightly digress on the rain bike? Uh-huh. Uh, do you have any form, we all have rain jackets. Do you, yeah. do you ever ride with rain trousers? Uh, I don't. 
I don't. No, me neither. Uh, me neither. And I know it's like super practical and everything, but even if it's cold, I I don't really mind getting my trousers wet uh, because like up like body upper part if it gets wet like a penny in the butt but mm -hmm. trousers if it gets wet i'm like okay that like a pain but doesn't really matter that much because i know at some point i'll be home and i'll be dry yeah, right yeah, yeah uh but but uh cold and wet feet that's a problem i hate that i hate that what? above everything else what do you do about that then i used a good old courier method to put my to put uh between between my sock and my shoe <laughs> i just <laughs> i just put um a plastic bag a plastic bag yeah yeah Dude. and yeah. yeah it is a sweaty <laughs> and smelly inside but you know what it's it grows by works and gets gets everything dry in there, so not gonna complain. Amazing. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, next up, what about you? Take on one. Okay. Um, trick bike. That is definitely more your area of expertise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely, for me, I don't like tricking any other bike than my trick bike. The stem is much higher. The le the handlebar is cut to the right length. The front wheel is 26 inch for bar spins. Uh, the tires are much wider. The seat is, seat stays uh, leaning back. Uh, the seat's tube is leaning back for bar spins and wheelies. So yeah, for me, it's, it's nice to have a specific bike for practicing tricks on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It makes total sense to not fuck up every uh, your nice bikes or your commuter or your daily or your rain bike. <laughs> <laughs> is is the purpose of a tricks bike being I can train super fucking hard on that one and then when I actually want to throw some tricks on my nice yes. bike, I can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes I can flex sense. On, yeah, I can flex on a nice bike and have fun <laughs> on a nice bike, but not not spend like hours and hours hammering my nice bikes into the ground and having yeah, a trick bike. So it just, it doesn't matter. So, it, I mean, I don't fuck them up that much. I look after them all quite ex uh, quite excessively, to be honest. I like to maintain them and look after them. So none of them are really bad, but the just the overall like hitting the floor crashing it's some like boom ba, boom ba, boom going up and down so much it must feel a lot more strain than just riding even yeah. if it's trip well yeah 100 percent. but that being said trick bike fixed gear trick bike i would always uh, i've always got a bmx mm-hmm it's in it's in my flat newcastle at the moment and i'm kind of missing it a bit but Having a BMX for that Sunday morning session and riding a spot with some BMXs, phew, you need that in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah, a, a tricks by a trick bike. It it felt like you're setting up something that you know it's gonna break at some point. Yeah. So yeah. 
you, you know, you're like, okay, yeah, uh, I'll try to, I'll try to not fuck it up too quick, but I know I'll fuck it up at some point. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's also why there's like MTB uh, rims on them, like solid downhill rims. Um, there's a few components that are much stronger, sturdier than I would put on a fast bike. That's why it makes it a little bit heavier, but not, I mean, not that much heavier. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you just, did you just talk about a, a fast bike? Did I say fast bike? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I call my nice bikes, my fast bikes. Ah, isn't that two different things though? <laughs> ah, yes, yes, it is. Yeah, it is. There's a few um, categories on here that we're missing out on the, on the, on the, pre on the notes. I would like to add one. Um, Cause I but have my, my, well, anyway, fast, we'll get to that. Yeah. Fast yeah, my, bike. My... Um, or uh, how I call it. Oh shit. I'm fucking late bike. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, That's a good category title. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I recently had the the opportunity to ride my Parallax again, mm. and it's been two years and a half uh, since I came back to Paris, and I've been only, almost only, riding on steel frames. Either my mesh work or my mesh tail, but that's that's about it. And yesterday night, I rode my parallax. It was pretty late, like I think eleven or midnight, and I rode it through the street to to go see some people. And I was like, "Holy shit, that thing is fucking fast!" Yeah, man, that's <laughs> what I mean. That's exactly <laughs> exactly what I mean. And. I think, I also think, um, for the first time in a while, I had some not that great tires on there. I have some Achenza Nitro, mm. Nitro, um, those are pretty cheap. They, they're all okay, but they're still cheap, right? Uh, and for the first time, I was like, you know what? I should put better tires on there and it will be even faster. Mm -hmm. So... <laughs> I am I am waiting to put some better tires on this. Um, even if, or like I told in the pre-show, uh, I'm I'm gonna move soon, and I'm probably not gonna use it for a while again because I can only take one bike with me. Uh, but but yeah, like aluminum bikes are fast. Yeah, man, crazy fast. Yeah, I uh, I just put two new tires on my engine. Changed a couple of things on it, and I just every time I get on it, it just wants to go fast. It really, really likes to be ridden fast, <laughs> and it's super responsive and super light. And last night I had to get across Berlin in like thirty minutes. I had to do a forty-five minute journey in thirty minutes because I was late um, to the theater, and it just yeah, I made it so quick, so quick on time. It just. Oh, I loved it. It was a dry <laughs> evening. I put my headphones on. I put my evening night drive music on. And I was like, boom, boom, boom. And it was there. Yeah. So like I said, like riding a steel bike, riding a trick bike where the length is the front 26 inch. Oh, I ride my Ranger all of the time, which is a fast bike. It's aluminium. 
but it's 40c grippy tires and then to jump yeah. on my engine with with 28 mil uh gator skins on and pff, yeah that thing just accelerates yeah how do you build a fast bike light mm-hmm Probably uh, drop bars, even even if there's risers on mine. I would say like drops feels fast. Drops feels fast. Getting into the drops when you're pulling away at any any junction or or going up any small hill or when you really want to accelerate and you're in the drops, it's fast, much faster. And I I would say like SPDs and yeah. what else like. I don't know, like a, a light set of wheels, uh, yeah. fast tires. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, talking about fast tires, I'm going to be a little bit sideways here, but uh, I built a pair of wheels for uh, a, a client last week. And he was like, oh, can you also install like my tubeless tires on there? And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And I installed the tires. Uh, that was purely P0's TT. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good like 50 euros tire or like 45 mm -hmm. euros. Um, super grippy, super like kind of thin, but like super nice tire. Mm -hmm. And then we, we mount everything onto his bike. And then I, I tried it. Holy shit. Thin tubeless tires are hacking fast, like Insane. crazy fast. <sighs> and I was like, I was not expecting that. I was really not expecting that. And I was like, wow, okay, uh, thin tire tubeless might be a thing huh? I want to try soon. <laughs> Hold on, is tubeless not a bit pointless when you're skidding though? Yeah, it is definitely. I mean, you don't want to skid with tubeless. That's why I told him at the beginning. I was like, "Are you sure you want to go tubeless?" Because, I mean, skidding is not really recommended with that kind of setup. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't skid anyway. It's more to, it's not for. <laughs> he was saying like it's not for commute. It's more for a fast bike when I go to you know that kind of area when there's a lot of cyclists and you can just go around the park and you have like a course and you can just go around and <laughs> run around. Okay. Uh, and it's like for like a lap bike, let's say, you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes and, sense. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, I sh uh, for, for sure. I'll, I'll mount them. And yeah, I would not skid with that. I would yeah. definitely not do that, but holy shit. It's a fast rolling tire. Mm. Pirelli P zeros TT, uh, awesome tire. Would recommend even if it's I expensive. Yeah. I might check yeah, them yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to put my, I, um, just for the listeners, I said in the pre-show that I've just recently been giving the, given the screen anodized from screen bike. So I've made that my trick bike with my 26-inch wheel and high stem and uh, Lenka uh, handlebar. So I'm putting two 28-inch wheels on my Magnum and making that kind of my nice bike. <laughs> yes. But I'm going to make my fast bike, my engine with drops and SPDs. Hell yeah. Error so, wheels or? Uh, it's a question I'm talking to a couple of different uh, people or 
yeah, wheels are uh, not yet set. At the moment, I've just got my standard DT Swiss 511DBs on them. Um, which is a good wheel anyway. Yeah, which is a great rim and a great wheel set anyway. But yeah, I'm working on potentially getting something a little bit more aero on my engine. Yeah. But we will see. We shall see. We yeah, shall see. I have some risers on my on my parallax because it is so slammed that mm. if I were to put draw bars on there, I would destroy my back in but, a, a matter of minutes. The parallax is like low pro, isn't it? It's kind of it's not even no, it's not a low pro, but I yeah, I I slammed I slammed it really, really hard. And it's a 56, which mm. is supposed to be my size, but uh, I think to have a comfy position, because I'm so used to the work and the still, to have like a more upright position, I would need a 58, but I love it. That bike has an mm. awesome history behind it. Uh, I, uh, I had it in Japan. I ordered it new in japan actually that was my first new bike you know and mm. when i left japan i gave it to a friend in osaka and i think like a year and a half ago when uh patrick a good friend bought a parallax in france here bring it to my place and it was like man parallax are sick kind of miss one and i was like I sent a message to my friends like, do you still have my parallax? Like, yeah, for sure. I ride it every day. Would you mind trading it for something else? And it's like, <sighs> yeah, why not? It's like, I'll give you a super Corsa to get my parallax back. And it's like, oh, yeah, for sure. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And and yeah, I, I sent him the super Corsa. He's super happy with it and sent me back my parallax with the original stickers on it, plus some more than he he added nice. along the years. And, and yeah, I absolutely love that bike. It's it's fast. It's great. Uh, and, and yeah, it's it's a it's a good piece of engineering. I'd say it's nice to get your bike back especially yeah if you, want, if you sell a frame and you kind of later on think oh i wish i had my whatever back to actually be able to get your own back is really nice yeah definitely yeah. definitely yeah. so there was at the beginning okay so trick bike and then fast bike uh nice bike oh we haven't talked about nice bikes yet properly yeah, nice bikes. That's a big subject, though, because <sighs> nice bikes is a lot of things in one. Uh, and into okay, I'm gonna give you my definition of nice bike. Yeah, yeah, go for it. For me, a nice bike is something that you put your heart and your money, a lot of it, into. <laughs> um, but it's. It usually tends to be completely unrideable. Uh, example, <laughs> exam I'm gonna go on to a few examples. Um, my Antonov Ellen mm. isn't. It's a really nice bike. It's a carbon Kevlar frame from the '90s uh, with some carbon wheels from the '90s 
Bose 16 spokes with tubular <laughs> tires. <laughs> it is really nice to look at. It is absolutely unrideable in the streets, you know? You need to be so fucking chill to ride that thing because do 180 skid and you'll destroy everything. <laughs> you couldn't so, do a No way. No way. So it's a really nice bike, but when I say nice bike, I put quotes around it because yeah. it's unrideable. <laughs> Other example, I I bought uh I have a back in Japan, I have my white GT, mm. which I think was my first nice bikes. I put uh, my very first pair of zips on there. And same, those as tubular zips from the 90s. Uh, or no, rather early 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s. And there is an Easton carbon seat post. Uh, a carbon flight on it. Um, Easton carbon monkey bars. <laughs> and... And what else? And a rotter crankset. Mm. All of those reunited makes for a bike that if it's not perfectly, and I'm saying perfectly set up, like to the micro nano torque wrench, <laughs> it's going to crack. It's going to crick it and make some noises and sounds <laughs> and stuff. So... You know, like, you ride it, but you're like, okay, I just need to be pretty gentle because I don't want to destroy the heck of those tires or rims or whatever. So, and a, a carbon bar from the 90s, uh, it's still like, you know, like current fiber that you don't want to bunny hop with, I would say. So that's a really nice bike, but again, it is kind of hard to ride with. Yeah. Would you say we could add to the same title, nice bike, forward slash, or display bikes? Yeah. I call them coffee bikes because they usually don't go much farther than go have and a coffee. coffee and come back. Okay. So I think even coffee bikes are a better name for it. Because <laughs> yeah. I have my, my, my data that I painted myself and... um. But it's 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 hard to ride. It's not nice to ride. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, uh, but the toe overlaps insane. Uh, you know, I like to go out and for a spin on it once in a while, but it's not really um, a bike I would would use that often. But I have it on the wall. I love it. It looks great. Um, yeah, I don't have nice nice bikes like you've had in the past or have. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it, it's something that, uh, you, you know, like living in, for example, I know that if I was living in Paris for way longer, I wouldn't have as many or as nice bikes, you know, because uh, Paris is, you know, a paved city, uh, yeah. part of it, it's still paved. And that's the kind of road that you don't want to take your 90s carbon bike on. But for a city like Tokyo, when everything is smooth asphalt and plot hole 
or something that literally doesn't exist. Oh, really? Yeah, it, the roads over there are so nice. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it pushes you to have kind of nice bikes and something that you can ride around pretty easily. Tubulars in Tokyo, I would say that's not an issue. Um, tubular in Paris, I shit myself every time I go out, you know? Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> because it is pretty rare to go for a ride in Paris and at some point you're in a bike lane or somewhere that you are stuck between two lanes and you just ride onto a pile of uh, shattered glass. Yeah. And you know, yeah. you just clench everything in your body like oh my god i hope it's gonna work so tokyo is the roads in tokyo are, are exceptional oh yeah like oh. actually amazing that that uh, i didn't know that just made, i mean i love tokyo so that just makes it even better <laughs> yeah. uh yeah the, the roads are ex extremely nice and it, it is interesting. I mean, there is one main reason, though, why the roads are so nice. You, you've probably seen, all of you listening to this, uh, roads uh, everywhere has different textures. You know, sometimes you have, like, a nice road and you have, like, a crossing of a different part of asphalt that goes across that road, you know? Yeah. Because they cut it. And then to access like either uh, gas, water, electricity, or uh, fiber that's under that road, right? Tokyo, all the electricity, all the cables aren't underground because of earthquake. So uh. they don't have to cut the road that often. Uh. And when they do, it's they, they do it in a really, really fucking clean manner. Down Ooh. to the color of the pavement needs to be the same color. So, yeah, I think that's one of the major reasons why roads are so freaking clean. And it's usually what happens in countries where the the electricity is above ground. Okay. It makes sense. It makes sort of sense because, like, every... Germany and England, every time there's a problem with anything, the road gets dug up and oh, abused yeah. and put back the best it can, but not really that good. Yeah. I heard something in Canada. Uh, if there's anyone from Canada listening, especially in, I think, uh, Montreal, I think Montreal. But I heard that the entire road repairing asphalt industry is part of the mafia what yeah so they is that just a good thing or a bad thing i mean it's um it's kind of a shitty thing because they repair plot holes uh badly on purpose to have more work to do and uh i think there's a reason that you know, like, because they control everything in there, they, they control the condition of the roads, basically, which which is important, you know. So if government or police gets into mafia's affairs, then they can just not repair the roads anymore and 
and then cityscapes be became becomes mm. absolute yeah. nightmare that's extremely clever and it's extremely shitty at the same time i would yeah. say um but i mean yeah that's that's a thing and it, it's not rare for mafia to be into construction and all that stuff i know the the yakuza's are a lot into constructions too like building constructions uh so yeah that that didn't surprise me that much mm. yeah mafias still exist under underworld still exist for sure <laughs> for sure Talking about Underworld, uh, going sideways again a little bit, but have you seen that story about the 22 bikes of the Italian team getting stolen at the World Championship? I was just about to bring that up. Did you hear, did you read how they got found? Yeah. So <laughs> for, for everyone listening that isn't aware, uh, during the World Championship, that was a week and a half ago, probably. In, in Ruban. In, in Roubaix, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the 22 bikes of the Italian team got stolen. And we're talking about crazy expensive road bikes and track bikes. All Three absolutely unique. Yeah. Um, yeah. 3D like 3D carbon printed uh, setups for like handlebars and everything for each exactly. specific rider. Yeah. 3D Maybe. printed carbon, 3D printed titanium, like old bells and whistles. Yeah. And this was the, and by the way, this was the sentimental, a lot of these bikes, because this is what the Italians won. Um, what else did they win on it? They won on certain, those other races on those bikes as well. Yeah. Uh, so they were super attached to these bikes. They were super attached to these bikes. And yeah, they were like the world champion bike that is, you know, like gold <laughs> color. Yeah. And there is a Ghana's bike that is actually blue, like the other bike, but it has like a chameleon paint on it, like a, a color shifting paint. Mm -hmm. um, so it's also really nice and really unique. So a total of approximately 600,000 euros <laughs> worth of bikes. Yeah, I think it works out on average 33,000 per bike if you just work it out per average. Yeah. So bear, yeah, bearing in mind, they're just standing in this hotel. They're not in a locked room. They're kind of on display in a lobby on one of the floors because the entire entire team are there. Everyone's there. The management, the the everyone's there, and the bikes are out. And the bikes in. are out. And the Italian team was already concerned about safety of the bikes while preparing for Roubaix. So they choose a hotel that has like cameras and stuff uh, on purpose. And then they all got stolen. All of them. Guess what? Like a week and a half later, during a drug bust out of all yeah. things in Romania, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they found the bikes just hanging out into a living room. Yeah. The guy was trying to sell them for 1,000 or 1,500 euros each. Yeah. That is insane. What the fuck, man? That is insane. <laughs> and that asked the question, uh, the team that stole those bikes must have been prepared and know what they were stealing, right? Yeah, they must have, yeah. Okay. 
So they know that most of those bikes are absolutely unsellable to the public. At some point, there must be kind of like, you know, like for same thing for art pieces and stuff like that. There must be some kind of underworld with a black market for those kind of stuff. I mean, how could you sell them? Yeah, how could you sell them? You can't part, you can't sell it to normal people. You need to sell it to like a drug lord that just happens to like spikes and is ready to put the price for it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's never gonna get them out of his absolute gigantic mansion in the middle of Russia. So yeah. I don't. That's crazy. That's just I crazy. I couldn't believe when it was a random drugs <laughs> drugs raid, and they just came across these bikes. I mean, the whole world must have been looking for these bikes. It's huge to steal. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. No. That's a and, shit storm. You've you've started a shit storm if you're going to steal the team's uh, bikes. <sighs> yeah. Especially the Italian team is so big. There's so many bikes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Coming back onto the topic, and those are pretty <laughs> nice bikes. <laughs> yes, that's definitely a nice bike. Yeah. So what do you yeah, what do you think about track lacrosse? Um yeah, track lacrosse. Track lacrosse. Track lacrosse bike? Yeah. I mean it's if you're too lazy to have a daily and switch your wheel set and ratio to go track lacrosse, then you probably need a track lacrosse bike. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would I would say that's pretty useful. But track lacrosse switching uh, let's say let's say you have a daily and you need to switch to a track lacrosse setup. It's pretty mm -hmm. easy and straightforward, right? Because your mm -hmm. bike is clean and you can just switch up. But when you come back from track lacrosse and yeah. it is full of mud, you don't want to switch your wheels or do mechanic no. on it. You just want to live it there for the next time you go track lacrosse. Yeah. So, the yeah. thing about track lacrosse is I, my range is a track lacrosse bike. I like having track lacrosse tires even in the city because like Paris, Berlin is even more uh, cobbled and there's more parks and, and and gravel tracks to cut across and in the winter when it's wet it provides a little bit more grip anyway i kind of like a track lacrosse as as well yeah my track lacrosse is my daily bike at the moment yeah now that the weather's changed yeah no 100 percent. i don't always need to go to the woods with it yeah and track yeah. lookers bikes are so specific, you know, like big tire yeah. clearance, different tires, a uh, small gear ratio, uh, yeah. different geometry. They are so specific. Then, yeah, sometimes it's just uh, it's just best to have one and you know live it as it is. I think so. And. Finally, we're gonna we're gonna do one more and then a, a few more subjects before we wrap things up. But there is also proper track bike, I guess you know, to go to your local velodrome if you have one. And I guess you would take something that uh, is pretty fast with tubular tires and uh, drop bars and 
proper SPD SLs or, you know, like clipless road setup. Mm -hmm. Like something proper track bike uh, and, and have fun around the track was that. And there is, I know there's a lot of uh, tracks that if you go there with your bike, they will ask you to change your tires or completely change your wheels before oh, really? you get onto the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Especially wooden uh, tracks. Uh, they wouldn't let you go there with your dirty, filthy wheels, you know? You mean I can't just jump on it with my, my, my trick bike and uh, pedal around a couple of times? They wouldn't go for Absolutely that. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> After riding through the park on the way down, <laughs> skidding through mud and shit, and then being like, okay, I'm going to ride on your nice fellow drum. <laughs> this being said... Your nice bike could be your yes, proper yes. velodrome bike because since you're not skidding and since you're only going around but really fast, you could have something that you wouldn't take on the street. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, your 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 nice bike could definitely be your velodrome bike, your 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 proper track bike. Yeah, hundred sure. yeah. percent. So. With all of those bikes, and I'm pretty sure we can find other types and other reasons to have more, because we all know more bikes is more fun and less money. <laughs> but there's a major problem to that. Uh, I know um, uh, people, like, I think it's 80% of the people listening to that podcast, I can see it in the analytics, are 24 to 35 years old. Mm. It's usually the time of your life when you don't live to your parents' house anymore, so there is not that much space around, and you live on into an apartment, so there is even less space. Space is a question that is fucking hard and fucking annoying. Yeah. Even if you know really... Even if you know how to store bikes, you have racks and bikes on the ceiling or whatever, uh, if, especially if you live in an apartment. A bike in an apartment is something that can be beautiful, but it is really, it's, it starts to take visual space really mm. fast. Yeah. Uh, I, guess, I guess you can feel it too, right? A minimal apartment with, with uh, that looks really nice. One bike looks good. Two bikes can even fit. Anything more than that, three bikes, it starts to become visually not minimal anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's quite absolutely. Yeah. I like the and system you had in your place with the the pole. So one top on one bike on top of the other bike. Yeah, yeah. That, the, that uh, either the pole or either you know you have those uh, the the plug or the you know the thing that you drill mm. into your wall and then you stuck your front wheel in yeah uh and your bike stand upward that also saves space i mean there is like tons of different bike racks i really like i have two in um my apartment in newcastle that in two different rooms i have the nice i really like the wood ones with a little shelf so you can put something on it as well uh -huh. um, and I think that looks, if, if my apartment has a bit more like wood, wood in it anyway, so wood flooring. So having like a wood 
nice rack with the plant pot on it kind of looks cool i think as well yeah 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 but yeah space management is an issue when you have many many bikes I guess the dream of everyone would be like having a dedicated bike room, also called as a garage, but you know, a garage is yeah. it's 2021, everybody's broke. How how the fuck do you have a garage? Yeah. Um, If money and storage wasn't an issue, then I would have literally a bike for every single occasion. <laughs> yeah. I would. I'd have an MTB yeah. bike, I'd have a hardtail, I'd have a downhill, I'd have a dual suspension, I'd have a BMX, I'd have a road bike, I'd have a gravel bike, I'd have an adventure bike, I'd have a, 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 a time, time trial bike? No, I don't think yeah. I'd have a time trial bike. I don't think I'd have a time trial We didn't even touch upon other bikes like no, that are not track bikes, you know? Yeah, yeah, we haven't even, there's just, I would have, a, yeah, it's, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I, I have a unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like okay, it's the entire dilemma of having multiple track bikes. Track bikes are meant for the city, but city means apartment. Apartment means small space for many of us, and so small space means not that many bikes. You know, yeah, it's like uh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna call it the the city track bike paradox. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, yeah, and so like space management is one problem, and for most of us, uh, money management uh, when you have yeah. more than one bike is also a problem. I would say, especially if you want. Zip, 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 or Thompson, 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 DT Swiss. It's, it's every time it's a build, you're like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, you start having one bike and then you want to build a second one and you're like, oh, but I want it to be really nice and fancy. So mm. my actual bike will be my daily, my commuter, my beater, however you look at it. And yeah, you start searching deep, deep, and you're like, oh yeah, those parts looks really nice. I want to buy those, and of course, those are expensive. And then you bike, you you build your really nice bike, and like, okay, uh, all that carbon feels great, but a little bit unrideable. I might as well build something else. And if you don't sell that bike, then it means you have like. Again, an N plus one situation when you you add one more bike to your collection <laughs> yeah. apartment and uh, yeah. At, What at does some the point, N stand in, for in N plus one? N's N's being your actual number of bike. Uh, it's just a, a, a letter equivalent yeah. to the number evaluated to the okay yeah. N plus one. Okay, it's like you know, like nowadays people like to transform number or yeah, things yeah, into yeah. letters and math um that's pretty much where <coughs> i got lost in high school like the moment they got letters into Algebra. math i was like i am out i don't want this <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean numbers are pretty complicated anyways and then you add letters into the mix how the fuck do you want me to follow up with that yeah <sighs> anyway so Yeah, that, that that's pretty much it. I, 
anything you'd like have, to add onto onto have that? Have we thing? answered the question? Absolutely not. <laughs> 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 we just went rambling around, rambling around onto different kinds of bikes that you could potentially own, but yeah, there isn't a clear answer. Do you have How? a clear answer? No, no, not at all. How about for each individual person, depending on the style of riding, the daily commute they do, the number of bikes one should have is based on the individual. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can have more bikes if you want to just collect bikes, but if you want to have bikes for uh, if you live near the mountains, but you also like to go and you need to go to work on a daily, or you can have a mountain bike, you can have a fixie for the mountains, you can have whatever. I don't yeah. think there's any right or wrong answer. It's what suits the person individually. And you should never be ashamed of having multiple bikes. No, uh, you should be proud of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I know there are some people that uh, shit on other people because they're like, oh, yeah, that dude has 60 bikes and he never ride any one of them. As long as you have bikes and you ride them, especially if you ride them uh, because it's a bike, it's meant to roll on the ground and not being hanging up on the wall. Um, then there is no shame about that. You know, like it's yeah. your passion. You buy yeah. bikes uh i mean for me it is almost part of my retirement plan right now so, <laughs> so i like you know, think. uh it's like having having multiple bikes is nice and uh if you have the space and the money and especially if it is a motivation to go to work every day and work your ass off to get your new bike, upgrade your actual yeah. bike, get some new stuff, then go for it. You know, yeah, minimalism is great, but having multiple bike is fucking awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would say there is no good answer to that. And I encourage everyone to have whatever amount of bike they want. I know my friend Diego has one bike, rides it every day, is super happy with it. And he's like, oh, I don't I don't need another bike. You know, I, I can just like take 30 minutes of my time and do the mechanic to transform it into a track lacrosse or uh, a kind of a track bike roadie style or a proper yeah, velodrome yeah. bike. You know, I have the parts in home. I just need to switch like a stem, handlebar, put brakes or not. I think we so, spoke about it with Carl a lot, quite a bit last week. Um, it, I love changing bikes as well. I love getting on the different bike and feeling it and not riding it for a few weeks and riding something else and then jumping on it and being like, oh, this is why I love it because it rides yeah. like this. And I'm like, wow, yeah, man, love this bike. Ride it for hard for a couple of weeks. Then be like, oh, I'll jump on another bike. Or like you said, the weather changes, it's shit. It's like right now I'm onto this bike. I love that feeling. Yeah. And yeah. if you are there and you have one bike and you ride it every day, mad that's respect on you. Yeah, yeah, that's still epic. 
That is yeah. that is freaking awesome. It is probably my favorite type of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest, having one bike that you ride really well every day, the same bike day in day out, I love that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think it's gonna be pretty much it for this week, guys. Uh, do we answer the question? Not really. Uh, are we supposed to answer the question? Not really. Is not there really. will be an answer one day for that question? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think uh, having having your own bike, riding it every day, super cool. Having multiple bike, super cool. Uh, do whatever you want. Our fixed gear is an awesome community with a lot of people with different builds ideas uh point of views and that's why we have yeah. so many different bikes and builds and everything and i think it's awesome yeah well said. all right guys i couldn't, I couldn't have summed that up better yeah nice one <laughs> yeah really nice just before i do the outro um we didn't do it last month because we had like a, a mixed up recording schedule but um you know that we have uh, the Discord challenges every month. And this month's easy challenge was to reach a maximum speed of 50 kilometers an hour or 31 miles an hour during any ride. And the hard one was to complete one successful fish and ships. And I'm glad to say that compared to the three riders that did the challenges last month, 12 individual brave what? riders accomplished at least one challenge. I want to say well done for everyone, especially for the people that learned efficient ships in one month and for the mad people that reached 50 kilometers um, on yeah, any kind of ride and on the track, uh, on yeah, even downhill. That's mad. Awesome. Well done, everyone. That's so good. Well done, everyone. Uh, we did uh, the new challenges for November. And I think uh, so the easy one. Yes, the easy one is to do the switcheroo challenge. What is the switcheroo challenge? Well, you go on a ride. OK, you go with drops. You go, you do a commute. OK, you do. You go with drops and you come back with risers. Okay, you switch between. I want a photo proof of that, and I think we're gonna have a lot of fun pictures. And the art, the hard challenge uh, is the pasta challenge. Uh, you need to take a picture of your bike in the pasta aisle of your local grocery store. That's and amazing. I think we're gonna have awesome pictures of that too. <laughs> So yeah, guys, good luck with that. <laughs> Can I ask a quick question about the rules of the drop riser situation? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can't just loosen your handlebar and turn the drops into risers, can you? Loosen your handlebar? You mean like put your drops like upwards? Rotate them upwards and tighten no, it again. That so doesn't work. I just want to make sure that's cheating. You have have to be a different handlebar. A different handlebar, yeah. yeah. 
because I would have t- rode one direction with drops, turned them around, <laughs> rode back. <laughs> oh, with, hell no. <laughs> would have been a good picture. Yeah, interesting picture. I mean, you can do it for the picture, you know. I'm not going to limit anyone to do, yeah, to not do anything. So, yeah, definitely do it. All right, guys. Um, as usual, everything we discussed today will be in the show notes on the blog, slusbeside.com. You can also find a suggestion box where you can tell us what we should talk about in the podcast. Uh, use the suggestion box because this month we're going to have like a Q&A episode. You can ask your questions there. Uh, yeah, if you have any questions, definitely do so. Send us your questions and we'll answer it, uh, I think, in the last week of November. You can find us on our Discord server. The invite link is also in the show notes or with our Instagram account at SlowSpinCity and Rob is at Currency.co. Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show or by giving us a good review on the platform of your choice. If you get value out of the show, why not considering putting value back in either by supporting us on Apple Podcast with their subscription program or by visiting Patreon.com slash the Lisbon Society podcast to join the community. We're pledging at any level of crunchy access to the pre and after show, which is around 40 minutes of extra content per week. We are now at 26 Patreons. And as always, thank you so much for your support. The music for the show is Lovely Swindler by Amaria and the illustration well is by me. And I wish everyone a really nice week and we're going to go on to the after show. Yeah, have a nice week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening as always. And we'll see you next Monday. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.